Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the MC Lars podcast, the bi-weekly long-form podcast where I talk to fellow rappers, musicians, writers, educators, and DIY mavericks about their creative processes and influences. This week, we are talking to Child's Play Ninja, who is a juggalo YouTuber who made a name for himself uh, making YouTube videos about the beef between Twisted and ICP. And it's interesting how he's really doubled down on this niche and created an entire brand based around this, interviewing other Juggalo artists. Last week, I interviewed George, who runs Magic Ninja Entertainment, and CPN tells a story about going to visit the office and what happened when he live-streamed that event. So it's a very very topical, funny um story and a great interview with an original dude. A lot of you may know that MC Snacks and I, every other week, we do a review of an old Psychopathic Records album. And it's been interesting drawing connections between the Lit Hop stuff and the Psychopathic Records stuff. On Wednesday, we have an episode featuring the Rude Boy. So many of you who are fans of ICP know that uh, the Rude Boy has been part of ICP's crew for years and he's referenced on a lot of the records he's at a lot of their events so we talked to him about misery's debut ep and misery was the second artist icp signed to psychopathic records so we'll get more into that shortly but today is monday december 21st 2020 it's the night where apparently we'll be able to see the bethlehem star tonight jupiter and saturn are going to cross paths this hasn't happened for what like almost 40 years the last time it happened was 1981 and it won't happen again apparently until 2239 so this is an epic event so be sure to stay up late and keep your eyes peeled apparently this is what happened when the um kings the wise men brought gifts when jesus was born years ago apparently that's how they saw where the manger was crazy stuff so stick around for that this year we did a lot of interesting episodes um ended up doing most of the podcast remotely due to covid some of my favorite ones this year were with dj clay with matt fury talking about peppy the frog with soul with the three episode uh series i did with weird science i talked to mc chris um Mike Russo actually interviewed me, so I was a guest on my own show, and I talked to my wife the week our son was born. So it's been a very memorable year, hard in a lot of ways, but awesome in a lot of ways. Um, We had our baby in May, and so I went on tour before that um, because I knew I wasn't going to get to do it until I was going to probably tour in the fall of this year, but that didn't happen, and... Ended up being the perfect time touring in February with Schaefer, the Dark Lord, and the Double Clicks. So thank you to everyone who came out. Thank you for everyone who supported our online shows. We have a Boxing Day show on Saturday with uh, the Nerdcore guys, Frontalot, Mega Rand, Schaefer, and me. And Shubzilla and Bill Beats are opening. And then I'm doing a show for the Patreon Larshans, the people who supported the $10 song tier. I'm doing a special live stream show where you can chat with me between songs. You can request songs. It's going to be tight. So you can still sign up at patreon.com slash mclars. And it's going to be tight. There's been a lot of Marvel songs this year I dropped, a lot of Star Wars songs. I haven't watched the new Mandalorian episodes, but I heard it's awesome. So no spoilers, please. Don't tweet me any spoilers. But I hope to do that over the break. Um... This podcast, I never want to have ads on it, but it's sponsored by the people who support. So if you want to, you know, support the podcast, just sign up patreon.com slash MC Lars and you'll get a shout out. Uh, this week, 
I want to shout the new ones who just signed up, Aaron, Terry, and Amanda. And shout out to the old ones, Chewy Shaw, Alex, and Stanley. This week's question, this episode's question was, what is your favorite holiday movie? And so I posted about it on social media, and I got a lot of calls. So let's listen to the calls to hear what the fans have to say about their favorite holiday flicks. I asked a question on social media The Larsons drop knowledge just like Wikipedia What you think about this or that? Let me guess These are the messages that some of y'all left The first message we have is from Eric in Cleveland Hey Lars, it's Eric from Cleveland And it's about one minute after you tweeted this And seeing as how I'm in Cleveland I think it should be pretty obvious That my favorite holiday movie is A Christmas Story Because a whole bunch of it was filmed right here in Cleveland Next time you're in Cleveland, buddy, we'll go to the Christmas Story House. Tons of fun. Take care and happy holidays, my friend. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Eric. Merry Christmas to you, too. Happy holidays. That's a great choice. We actually watched that movie for the first time on Friday. I'd seen it, I mean, but my wife had never seen it. And uh, very classic movie. Uh, so many funny, weird jokes, like when the, when they go to visit Santa at the mall and he's throwing the kids down the slide. It's awesome. So, yes, I'd love to see the Christmas story house next time we're in Cleveland. Let's do it. Okay. This next person didn't leave a name or where they're from, but they picked an unorthodox film. My favorite holiday movie has got to be Jack Frost. No, not the one with Michael Keaton, but the one with Shannon Elizabeth, where the convicted serial killer soul comes into a snowman and come and in the form of a snowman he comes back and uh, goes on a murderous rampage uh with some very interesting uh cinematic deaths but that is one of the best holiday horror films uh, ever all right peace peace thank you that's a great recommendation i've heard of that movie i've never seen it but i guess the holiday horror movies it's a whole subgenre. I'm not talking about Halloween. I'm talking about Christmas horror movies. What's another one? Black Christmas. Apparently, that's another good one. Um, it got rebooted a few years ago, I think. Okay, here's another message. Be sure if you call in, leave your name and where you're from. But here's another recommendation. Big shout out to Lars. My favorite Christmas movie by far is Tokyo Godfathers. Group of rejects from society who cobble together a family and touch the divine doesn't get much better that sounds like a mount nerdcore tour <laughs> thanks for calling in homie here's another message from ryan in pittsburgh what up mc lars it's ryan kelly calling at you from pittsburgh pennsylvania my favorite holiday christmas movie is die hard why you ask because it is the only christmas movie that i can think of that has a tie to you which is run dmc it is you know, one of the coolest movies ever. Who doesn't love a happy story, you know, with some bad guys, you know? Gotta get some uh, Christmas and Hollis. All right, man. Have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season to all you Larsons out there. And take it easy. Die Hard. What a great choice. People don't think of that as a Christmas movie, but it definitely is a Christmas movie and uh, I watched it for the first time a few years ago on a flight back to California and it's a great movie so Ryan thank you for calling in homie alright now we've got Ali calling from Tucson hey Lars this is Ali from Tucson uh, my favorite Christmas movie probably Home Alone growing up well Home Alone 2 uh, Lost in New York because I remember looking at that and being like man if I was in that position this is how I would do this this is how I would do that 
And I would talk to my brothers and my sister and be like, man, we could have done this. This is what we would have done differently. Now as an adult, kind of ruined it by, you know what? I would have just called 911. But as a kid, it was the coolest thing to watch another kid just take apart these two dudes. Thank you, homie. That's a great recommendation. Home Alone 1 and 2. I can't recommend the third one that much. Um, but yeah, I, I had this conversation with Neil from Cuckoo Kangaroo about which is better. And he was saying how Home Alone 2 is a family favorite they watch every year. And um, both are great. I mean, they're you know, there's kind of a similar plot. But um, beautiful choice. Great choice. Home Alone. I'm glad someone recommended that. Okay, let's see what the next recommendation is. Hello, Mr. Lars. And who else have ever made concerns? Um, my favorite holiday movie to watch anytime is Home Alone 42 because 42 is a random number and I like to think about number 42 when I'm home alone watching Macaulay Culkin on the TV who coincidentally reminds me of the Hulk. Okay, happy holidays. Bye. I didn't know there were 41 sequels to Home Alone. Um, he rem- Macaulay Culkin reminds me of the Hulk as well. Great recommendation. Okay, here is a message from Miles. MC Lars, it's Miles. Hey, um, my favorite Christmas movie has got to be Home Alone. Um, I love the first one. The second one is great as well. Um, I looked it up a couple days ago, and I guess there's just like a god-awful amount of, like, remakes and sequels, I guess, but none of them are as good as the first two. Those are really the only two Home Alone movies, in my opinion. Uh, great movie, hilarious, family-friendly. Um, I would recommend it. Great recommendation, Home Alone. Again, I think Home Alone is winning. <laughs> it might be the most popular holiday movie of all time. Maybe, I don't know, maybe at least for the millennials and that generation but uh great recommendation okay now this next person who called in uh recommended a movie that i watched a lot growing up with my sister i'll let them explain more so my favorite holiday movie uh, it's more of a tv special technically but it is a muppet family christmas uh it has sesame street characters has fraggle rock in it um i've always just loved the muppets growing up it's got great humor to it and it does a really neat crossover thing for the, these big crossovers. Um, just the songs are great. The humor is great. They even did like a live action Muppet Baby, well, puppet Muppet Babies. Um, but I, just, I can't recommend it enough. Um, but otherwise, everybody have a great holiday and uh, watch out for the Icy Patch. Great recommendation. I, I think it's on YouTube. You can find it online or some of the torrent sites. Uh, great recommendation. Okay, now we've got a message from Will. In New York, Will's a comedian who works for Stitcher and had me on his podcast, and I saw him right before the pandemic. Hey, Lars. This is Will, uh, Will Carey from Story of Queens. Um, my favorite holiday movie is uh, The Muppet Christmas Carol uh, for a couple reasons. The Christmas Carol, Carol is my favorite uh, Christmas story of all time. I just really, really enjoy it. And I particularly love The Muppets, not only because I love The Muppets and their uh, their whimsy and their the joy they bring, but I also find uh, I, that Michael Caine's uh, portrayal of Scrooge is one of my favorite performances of that character, as well as it being uh, incredibly hilarious to see him playing uh, the character so uh, straight and to the point against the Muppets. So that's what I think makes it so great. Uh, happy holidays, uh, Lars. Talk to you soon. Peace. 
Happy Holidays, Will. That's that's a great recommendation. You know, that movie makes me kind of emotional, actually. I remember seeing it with my family after we moved. Um, we moved from Oakland um, down to the Central Coast. And it was one of the first movies we went to. And there's a scene where the kid, the frog who plays Tiny Tim, gets really excited about the food for uh, for Christmas and it's silly to like talk about this now but he starts coughing because he's sick and they're like oh the mom says you got him so excited he's coughing and I felt like I always felt this sympathy for this frog this sick puppet frog who you know he can't even <laughs> enjoy Christmas he coughs when he sees the sees the turkey and gets excited so yeah it's funny how certain things resonate with you um so will thank you for bringing that sad memory back bro no i'm kidding great recommendation michael kane's portrayal as scrooge is, is dope in that movie and by the way i'm playing these all in order in the order that i got them but there you'll see a lot of similarities here's another recommendation for another version of a christmas carol hey this is harrison so my favorite christmas movie ever is a version of the Dickens classic, A Christmas Carol. Um, it's from 1970, and it's called Scrooge. I don't know how many people have seen this version. Uh, it's a musical. It stars Albert Finney when he was like 34, but they do all this dope makeup to make him look super old, and it's awesome. And it also has Alec Guinness in it, who plays Marley, which is great because you get to see uh, Alec Guinness play a ghost a full seven years before he'd be Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars, so that's awesome. Anyway, the movie's killer. Uh, the songs are fantastic. Scrooge's whole theme in the beginning is called I Hate People, uh, and it's pretty much a banger. And then uh, at the end, they flip it, and the song's called I Love People, and it's even more of a banger. Um, super great. Uh, everything you can expect from A Christmas Carol, uh, Goodwill Towards Your Fellow Man, and all of that. Also, it should be noted, this is a super hardcore version because the Ghost of Christmas future straight up sends Scrooge to hell in Act 3 before his redemption. So 10 out of 10, highly recommend. So I have one question. Like my, I'm wondering why my fans are so cool. What did I do to get such great listeners? Uh, I've never heard of that movie, but it sounds dope. Thank you, Harrison. And thank you for your analysis. And the Star Wars connection is tight. It's appropriate for the Larsons. Holler. All right. This next caller is my man, Ben, from former Fat Boys. Ben, what do you got to say? Yo, Lars, it's Ben from I Wish I Were a Dinosaur and former Fat Boys. Listen, we got the classics, Home Alone, Family Stone, The Holiday, Die Hard, Gremlins, The Grinch, Miracle on 34th Street, uh, Hallmark movies like A Christmas Kiss. Like, all that stuff is amazing, but I want to talk about one movie that is just so underrated. It's a new classic, and I really want to see it catch on with a bigger fan base. Daddy's Home 2. Okay, the first Daddy's Home, it's Will Ferrell, it's Mark Wahlberg. They're two um, stepdads that are in a war with each other, um, right? The the old dad, Mark Wahlberg, doesn't like the new dad, um, and uh, Will Ferrell, and they go at it. It's not a good movie. But Daddy's Home 2 brings in John Lithgow as Will Ferrell's father and Mel Gibson as Mark Wahlberg's father. And that addition, plus the Christmas time bit where Mel Gibson's uh, character decides to take the whole family to this Airbnb in the mountains, is amazing. There are so many, like, fun twists. There's a whole scene with the dads and the thermometer, and Mel Gibson is, like, a real hard-ass. John Lithgow is a real, like, feminine in touch with his feelings guy. All the dads get super pissed off about one of the kids changing the thermostat, like, 
there's just so many great moments. There's a fake Liam Neeson movie at the end called Mistletoe um, that should frankly be made into a real Liam Neeson movie, but it's like hilarious through and through. You've got guest spots from guys like John Cena. You have hilarious. The children are hilarious in the movie. Everything is just perfect. It's one of like the best holiday movies I've seen in a long time. I unexpectedly laughed my ass off on an airplane and I just feel like no one saw the movie and no one knows it. There's an amazing snowball fight where uh, one of the kids gets drunk at a nativity scene accidentally and all the dads get in a snowball fight with each other and it's just like it's just it's great. There's so many great holiday gags. You gotta be in a movie like the mood for a dumb holiday comedy, family comedy, but it nails it. Daddy's home too. Love you, man. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you, Ben. That actually sounds really good. Um, Sequels usually aren't amazing unless it's Empire Strikes Back or Godfather or Terminator 2. But that sounds like an example of classic cinema. I can tell you're passionate about it, and i got to check it out so we can talk about it next time. Ben was one of the few podcasts I did live this year. When we were in Chicago, uh, we played a show in Chicago, and we hung out at our friend Ben's condo, and I interviewed him. And um, so that's what's up. Love you, Ben. Can't wait to see the Revenge of the Nerds 2 music video you're working on. Holler. Okay, let's go back to uh, the South. This is my man, Walter, the Southern Gentleman. Hello to the Larson family. This is Walter, the Southern Gentleman. My favorite holiday movie. It's got to be a tie. Christmas Vacation or The Christmas Story. Um, Those to evoke feelings that are similar yet different, but both of them are just wonderful ways to escape from life and escape from all the craziness of the Christmas season and just enjoy some time where you're not really having to think about anything except how funny some of these people are. And a close third is the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas, narrated by Boris Karloff, because that particular 22-minute wonderment is just delightful. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Kwanzaa, Festivus, however you celebrate, Hanukkah, enjoy it all, because it's all about the love. Take care. It's all about the love. That's right. The Larsons are killing it this week with the recommendations. Thank you, Walter. Christmas Story, which we had. um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is a Christmas classic. So many great scenes. Probably, arguably, the best of the vacation movies. The first one's really good, but the um, Christmas one is my favorite for sure. And the Grinch cartoon. I'm glad someone mentioned that. It's really good. The Jim Carrey remake is cool, like visually, but it's not as dope as the Boris Karloff original. Boris Karloff, I think, also played Frankenstein back in the day. So it's an it's interesting to have a classic universal monster uh, legend, you know, being the voice, singing the song, telling the story, singing. Okay, let's go to Matt in Arizona. Yo, what up, MC Lars? Um, this is Matt from Arizona. My favorite Christmas movie is gotta be Die Hard, mostly because when you say Die Hard's a Christmas movie, sometimes people will argue with you, and I just like that. And also, shit blows up. 
Um, yeah, that's got to be it. All right. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Matt, thanks for calling in. Great recommendation. Die Hard Again, a great Christmas movie. Check out Matt. He does a project called Mattstagram, uh, like punk rock stuff that's like meme-friendly, Instagram-friendly, TikTok-friendly, quick, fun, funny songs. And uh, yeah, I want to have a, him on the podcast next year as a guest and talk about his music because he's dope. Check it out. Mattstagram on Twitter. Okay. Let's go to our last message of this week's show. Hey, Lars, best holiday movie is Elf. Not only is Will Ferrell hilarious in it, but it's also the only Christmas movie that has its own cereal. Have a great day. Yo, that's some good trivia. Yes, Elf, a classic. Y'all recommended some classics this week, and um, thank you. So next episode's question is, what is your New Year's resolution? I'm going to post about it. Um, on social media, but go ahead and call now. Write the number down, 510-463-4237. Again, that's 510-463-4237. And tell me your New Year's resolution, and it will be the first episode of the new year. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and by the way, I got the idea for this segment from Cuckoo Kangaroo. They do a call-in segment similar to this, and I was like, hey, you know, these guys have a great podcast, which you should all check out. I thought I'd use a similar theme. So anyway, let's get into it. This is my interview with Child's Play Ninja on the MC Lars podcast. Well... I've been wanting to have this gentleman on the podcast for quite a while since I discovered his YouTube channel. We met briefly at the Dark Carnival Games convention in Denver. Um, Child's Play Ninja, who is a legend in the Juggalo community and has one of the most active YouTube channels about Juggalo culture. And anytime anything controversial happens, you know this man has made a video about it. You Okay, so you have a lot of interesting things to say about the loyalty of psychopathic and M and E and twisted and all of that stuff. And when you listen to a new song or album, is it hard for you to just enjoy it? Or do you always like think about how you're going to comment on it, you know, and how you're going to do your commentary? No. Um, so with me, it still comes down a lot of it to the music. You know what I mean? Um, I'll, when a new record comes out, I'll listen to it without thinking about doing a YouTube video on it or mention it on the podcast or anything i'll just listen to it as i would you know when i was 16 you know um and then i'll listen to it again and the next time i listen to it is when i make my notes mm. on what i'm gonna when i review it or whatever but i always have to listen to it the first time with just, it's just me you know what i mean like it ain't yeah no cpn no video no nothing it's just i'm just a fan and so do you like to listen to new stuff like while you're driving or in your studio like where's your favorite place to listen to music because i i could tell that you listen to a lot of stuff oh yeah i, I have a very high variety of music yeah. uh, that I listen to. Um, there's even some country music out there I like. My wife got me really into Blake Shelton, you know? That's tight. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, um, so if something new comes out, yeah, um, especially if it's like one of ICP's Joker cards or something, I have this tradition where I have to have headphones on 
and I have to sit in a place with the lights off and just lay down in the most comfortable area possible. And I just close my eyes and I take in the entire record in one shot. Afterwards, I can listen to it. Like, I, I obviously will listen to music in the car. I do a lot of driving. So, you know, um, I want to listen to, if I'm listening to music or a pod, it's just w- what I feel like listening to. But if something's new, then it's in my car, it's in my headphones, it's on my computer when I'm gaming. You know, it's just, if something's new and that's what I'm taking in at the time, yeah, it's everywhere pretty much. That's tight. I mean, that's a luxury, right? To make time where you turn off your texts and turn off your your Facebook and just enjoy something. It's kind of like a old art form, right? Back in the day when we used to listen to CDs, just being present with the content is is special. And I think that's like cool that you do that. I mean, it shows you respect the music enough. I, I try to make time to listen to new stuff, especially if it's an artist I love. But I, I find, man, it's in chunks. I'll listen to three songs while I'm doing something. And then, you know what I mean? Like it's fragmented and that's that's kind of not so fresh <laughs> right yeah. i mean i'd say i'd say the best time for me is pretty much a car ride because you know if especially if you're going to be driving for an hour hour and a half to whatever destination there you had that's a that's a good block of time you could fill to go ahead and like listen to what you want to listen to and stuff because you can't like you can't speed up your travel time I mean, you can technically, but it's illegal and you might crash, but, or you might get a ticket. But in reality, if it's like, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get there, that hour and a half is spoken for. But right. in that hour and a half is where you can consume, you know, whatever you're trying to consume audio wise. Where are you based? I'm currently in Virginia. Um, okay. I was, I mean, for 36 years, I was born and raised in Arizona. And uh, I've basically been in Arizona for 36 years, and I recently moved out to Virginia, uh, basically the end of 2019, in a sense. I remember you had that video about Violent J's dad, right? That you kind of had met someone who knew him. What's the story with that? Can we talk about that? Yeah, so I grew up in the same area that Violent J's dad lives in. And wow. so, so when I was, I want to say I was like 15 or 16, I was on the school computer and I was looking up, you know, some ICP stuff. That's when, you know, I've, I've been in ICP for like three years, you know, and I went to my first show and I'm just, everything's ICP for me. You know, I'm wearing shirts, I'm tagging all my <laughs> notebooks and backpacks and whatever, you know, with ICP this, ICP that. So anyway, I'm looking at some ICP stuff up on the internet. Got to understand when I was 16, the internet was still dial up and we didn't all have it at the time, mm. you know, so and you went to websites back then. You didn't just have your social media apps where you got all right. your info. So I'm looking at I'm looking at this ICP. Uh, I'm looking at ICP's website, and this chick's behind me, and she's like, "Yo, is that insane clown posse?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah." She's like, "Oh yeah, they're they're dope." Blah blah blah. And this other chick comes in. And she's like, "Oh, you like ICP? I I know their dad." I'm like, "Oh okay." <laughs> and she's like telling me that. That uh, one of their dads, their dad, yeah, right. like I, I guess pe- people who don't know thought those two were brothers, right? And and I know where the the um, the confusion came from because he told people he has two sons that are in insane clown posse. He does have oh. two sons, just jump steady, jump steady's right. not one of the ICP members, but or he, right. you know what I mean, like, but. Yeah. 
So that's what that's where the confusion came from. And this chick, uh, her parents were prison guards, and she mm. was telling me that Violent J's dad is a prison guard with her, and he comes to their house and visits and stuff. You know, he's friends with their parents. I didn't believe nobody. You know what I mean? Like I was like, right. okay, what are the odds? And then I meet this dude one time. I, I seen him in Walmart with like I was with my friends, and one of my friends knew him. And he's like, "Hey, Richard, what's up?" Blah blah blah. And he was, I'm wearing my ICP shirt. He's like, "Oh, you like Insane Clown Posse?" And I go, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, Violent J's my son." Wow. That's random, but I, I mean, I don't believe him. I never saw him again after that. I was like, "Oh, right. cool." And then a few, uh, back in 2012, ICP released that song, Fuck My Dad. And in that song, they literally talk about their dad is somewhere, his dad is somewhere in Arizona and he's a prison guard. Right. And I went, so it had to be him. Yeah, yeah. I went, what? And then <laughs> so I made a video on that and like half of my friends hit me up. They're like, we told you, bro. <laughs> I didn't believe any of you. <laughs> um, did he look like them? Like, did, was there a resemblance? Having seen Jay without makeup and stuff, uh, I guess. I mean, you can actually uh, on the "Fuck My Dad" song there on the music video. There's a picture of him. Oh, now, really? The picture they put on him of him that was him. Like okay. from the dude I met, that I was like, "Yep, that was him." You know wow. what I mean? But as far as him looking like Jay, I guess you have to like look, look, but you wouldn't like be able to tell by just staring at him, though. Okay. Wow. Interesting. So you, I take you've read behind the paint, right? To like eight, eight times. I've listened to the audio book a few times. Yeah, that's what's up. Um, do you have a favorite Joker's card? Riddlebox. My first exposure to them was right before Malenko came out. Um, okay, but it was Riddlebox that was shown to me. It was literally mm. like the first week of 1997, and uh, this kid we knew. He was going out of out of town. We don't. I don't know where he was going, but him and his family were going out of town for Christmas to to be with some other family. And he was telling us that his cousin listens to this crazy group called Insane Clown Posse. Now, I'm all the way in Arizona, so word of mouth doesn't really reach as far, you know. Right. Um. So we're like, oh, what the fuck is that? And he's telling us like what they rap about. And talk about right. dead bodies and dead chicks and, and all this. And we're like, what? He came back from Christmas break. And it was like three or four days after New Year's or whatever. And we went to his house. And he's like, yo, check this out. I, my cousin got me this tape. Remember I told you about this? And he started playing it for us. And Ooh. it scared the hell out of me. I was like, because at that time, the craziest, darkest, wickedest hip-hop I've ever heard in my life was Bone Thugs and Harmony, that East 99 right. record. And right. even that, at that time, was like, like Mr. Ouija and stuff was really creepy. So then go from that to ICP, and it's like, oh, So it scared me, but yeah. I couldn't stop thinking about it. But most things that scare right. me, I end up becoming obsessed with. Maybe a similar thing is how you got your, uh, your name. Like, was Child's Play, was that movie scary when you first saw that movie? So, okay, so Chucky was different. Okay. Uh, I saw Child's Play when I was a kid. I knew about Chucky. By the time I saw the first Child's Play movie, 
uh, Child's Play 3 was already out. Okay. Okay. So I saw the first one and I liked it. But yeah. I, I knew about Chucky for years because Chucky was so culturally known, you know? Right. right. And, and uh, I mean, I was a little creeped out by dolls, but I liked it because Chucky has this attitude, you know what I mean? Like, so then I saw Child's Play 2, and then I saw Child's Play 3. You know, I actually seen all the Child's Play movies in order from when they were released. That's tight. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, Chucky's always been my favorite, favorite fictional serial killer. I don't know what it is. The fact that he's a doll. I'm really into toys. You know what I okay. mean? Like, I yeah. like toys and stuff. So, like, you know. I recently watched the first Child's Play maybe like a week ago because I was watching old horror movies and I was going to ask you about that because he is friendly and he's a cute character, but he's also, it's terrifying, dude. Like the way, it's like Calvin and Hobbes, right? Like halfway through the movie, you wonder if he's actually talking to the kid. I mean, you know, if you've seen the poster and stuff, right. but like if Andy is making this stuff up or if he's actually possessed because you don't find out till he first like attacks the mom, right? That he's actually spoiler alert that he's actually uh, like haunting this, this toy. So, I mean, I, it's similar. It reminds me of, like a kind of a song ICP would write even well, toy box, right? There's a similar kind there's of theme. toy box. And then there's play with me. Oh yeah. Oh, right. That's so why don't you come play with me? And he's a toy, you know? Yeah. yeah that's what's up. That's what's up. Um, what? Okay. So let's see CPN. What would you say is the most valuable piece of, psychopathic merch you have like rarest thing you have in your collection because i know you are a big time collector of all this flavor um okay so uh there's there's sentimental there so sentimental wise i have the shaggy two dope jersey um and it's just kind of the way i got that jersey back in the day it's, it's first of all my favorite jersey that i own and then uh just the way i got it makes it a little cooler to me <laughs> Okay, how'd you get it? Do you mind sharing that story? Oh man, so so back back in uh, during the era when Shaggy released his uh, "Fuck the Fuck Off" record, holler. It was a uh, yeah. 06, right? Yeah, something like 06. Let's just say yeah. I was involved in some shit that involved me driving cars, leaving cars in uh, parking lots, and then eventually somebody's gonna pay me uh, a lot of money for leaving a car somewhere. Okay, I was, you know, I'm, I'm from the border of Mexico, and allegedly, need, allegedly, allegedly, you know, let's just say I drove some cars and dropped them off. You know, well, this guy owed me money, and I didn't have like a lot on me at the time. And I went to the Shaggy show, and I got a phone call, and the Shaggy show was in Phoenix. The Shaggy show was in Tempe, which is a suburb of Phoenix, and this guy lived in Phoenix. So he called me and told me he was coming down. My hometown's four hours from Phoenix. So he told me he was he was going to be down there. He's going to leave Phoenix in a few hours, and he has my money. And I told him, I'm in Tempe right now, bro. And I'm, like, broke. And oh. he's like, oh, where are you at? And I told him where I'm at. And so I'm hanging out with all these juggalos. This dude and his boy rolls up in an Escalade. And they're looking like, you ever seen Breaking Bad? Yes, of okay, course. Remember yeah. the episode where Gus kills the cartel? Yes. Okay, so that dude kind of looks like that cartel dude that he kills. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. And then it's his yeah. boy. And so they roll up looking fresh as hell. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I roll up. I get in this Escalade. We drive around the block. I come back. I got five Gs. <laughs> oh, my god! And I was like, oh, cool. I, 
I barely was going to be able to afford gas to get back. Now I'm buying some shit. Like, so I got my jersey. <laughs> so you went in and bought some merch. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, as far as other things go, like I have the MC Breed ICP single that they only printed a few hundred copies of. Mm. I have two of those. Um, Holler. I have some old samplers. I don't know if you can find them anymore. You know, um, Jackal Brothers. Uh, I got the 1998 Psychopathic Sampler. Um, I have a, the first annual gathering poster, the second annual gather like the subway um, posters. That's awesome, man. Yeah, That's cool. Like, so, and then uh, I have like my friend Madness uh, from the group Bedlam back in the day. He has this huge collection from like Detroit. And we're talking like, and he's given me a lot of stuff, but we're talking like flyers that were only hung up in Detroit for local shows back in 93, you Ooh. know, and he's given me a few of those. Um, That's what's up. Yeah. So, you know, I recently, uh, I, I'd had it and I reacquired it. It's the uh, Chaos Comics Pendulum Tome, Pendulum Tome comic book. Have you ever seen that? The big one? Yeah. Yeah, I have it. S- that's tight. That's tight. I have so I have that one, and then I have them all singled, as well. That's tight. And the single and the CDs that came with the singles, like the Pendulum Tome had a compilation, but there are songs on those singles that aren't on that compilation, right? Correct. There's three writer yeah. songs uh, that were on. I want to say it was Pendulum Six, but there's three song. There's there's a CD that came with three songs, and they were writers. They were writers tracks. And wow. uh, those did not make it onto that. And I think the reason being is because Riders always stole beats. And right. when that, I think when they released that as the, the tome, I think they probably wouldn't allow that. Whatever company was putting it out wouldn't allow that because they didn't have the permission for those beats. That's what right. I think happened. But I'm sure they're on YouTube, right? All over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of them is like what Riders do for money. One of them is who want to flex, and I forgot what the third one was. Your memory is amazing. Um, you've built your channel, and it's so cool having been following your channel for a few years. Like, how often do you post, and what have you found works well with the CPN YouTube, and what have you found that like doesn't work so well with b- building it? Because you've done a really good job with that. I mean, obviously, what works well is uh, the the three the three ingredients is. Um, have um, content that people are going to want to see. You know what I mean? People are going to be interested in. So there's, I mean, there's beef and then there's other things too, but just, right. you know, there's that um, and be consistent on your schedule. You have to have a schedule now too, because YouTube did the whole algorithm bullshit. So if you go off schedule, it messes up your algorithm and like, People don't get notified as often, and it's it's BS. You need them 15 minutes or longer, right? YouTube just recently changed that. I oh, got, they did? I got an email. If you're a YouTube partner, I, uh, you'll yeah. get, you got this email. Uh, there's an email saying um, there are certain things that were not allowed like with, when it comes to advertising and everything for videos under 10 minutes, and now they're allowing that for videos under 10 minutes. So, oh, okay. That's what's up. And you have, and you tend to do, go live and then post full the full show, right? And that's been like interesting to see. Have you? How long have you been doing that? I've been doing the podcast, uh, like so. The podcast and the format that it is, I've been doing since 2017, um, okay, with an actual schedule and uh, segments 
and all that I've been doing since 2017. As far as going live, though, and just doing podcasts live, I did them for a few years when that capability was there uh, for yeah. YouTube. I would do them for I did them for a few years, but it was very it, I'd have a schedule. I just whenever I felt like it, I did it. Yeah. And now, so how often do you post content? Like a few times a week or something? Yeah. So yeah. as of now, um, I haven't been posting a lot. And the reason I haven't is because uh, basically I was uh, living uh, with this woman for like five years. And towards the towards more of the beginning of last year, me and her decided to separate. We weren't married or anything, but you know, you lived with someone for five years. So, um, yeah. And so we decided to separate. The relationship wasn't working and all this other stuff. But you know, we had like this house that we were paying together. We had this car that we were paying together and all this. So I was like, okay, we need to like separate our names from the car, the house, our mm. cell phone bill, you know, like just everything. Yeah. And so the deal was. I was gonna I was gonna go ahead and live there, just move into my office room, pretty much. And I'm I still live there until the end of twenty nineteen and then I'll be out. And uh somewhere in twenty nineteen, you know, me and my uh, now wife uh basically connected and uh I came up to visit in December and she told me I'm not allowed to leave and then we ran off and eloped in uh Nashville. Hey, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so like, so I told everybody, I said, look, I don't know. I, I don't have the means right now to do the podcast in the fashion that I do it. I don't mm. have those means. So I'm not, the podcast is going on hold and I will, uh, you know, I'll let you know when it comes back. So taking a break, but already having like a popular channel, do you find that people are, watching the old stuff more or has it kind of slowed down with the growth or the fact that you're not doing as much new content has that not really affected your audience so i mean it does it does affect because i don't get the newer viewers yeah you know most people if you're subscribed to a channel you're waiting for the new videos to drop most people unless they're bored one day are not going to go on hey i'm subscribed to this person let me go ahead and go through his old channel and start Mm. watching you know through his channel, start watching old videos. They usually don't happen, but um, I will say that uh, looking at my statistics, I hadn't stopped growing. Like I haven't stopped getting subscribers. I still my subscribers are still increasing, just not as rapidly as they were. Um, I haven't stopped getting enough views to get paid every month. Just it's a lot more decreased, you know, than it would be. Um, had I been doing, have I been putting out, you know, two to three, uh, pieces of new content every week as I was previously. Um, so I haven't, it hasn't stopped, but it has definitely slowed. Okay. So, uh, the podcast is, is, um, coming back. Actually, we've been, uh, filming like the new intro. I've been designing the new, uh, layout and, the new intros for segments, adding segments, and uh, taking away certain segments, adding new segments. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I've been designing the return of it. That's what's up. Um, okay, so let's get into it. Um, can we talk about the, the visit you paid 
to Magic Ninja headquarters. For anyone in your audience that doesn't know, uh, Twisted and me don't get along. They uh, they don't like what I have to say about them as far as Juggalo culture goes. Uh, and I think what they really don't like is the fact that I say these things. And yeah, there are people angry with me. But then there's a lot of people going, dude, finally, somebody had the balls to say it. You know what I mean? Like, And the fact that they could see that, it's like a window that allows people to be like, yo, like, right. a lot more people are disappointed with you guys than you think, you know? I'm not saying they're failing because of it. I just think it was a shock to them that a lot more people are disappointed with them than they thought would be, you know? Monoxide literally made a a threat to me on Instagram a few months prior to this incident. Um, he called me out by my real name on on uh, Facebook. He said, uh, I want to give a special shout out to Raya Jernigan from Tucson, Arizona. Happy birthday, boy. We're going to send you a Christmas present too. And he's like smiling. Now, if you know anything about street language, that's a threat. It, was it your birthday? No. Okay. Yeah, that's a threat. That's literally wow. like happy birthday boy and we going to send you a Christmas present. That's a legally that's a that's a way to threaten somebody legally. You know what I mean? That's how you There's certain movies where they teach you about stuff like that too like when people say, "Oh, we threw a party for these people." Meaning like we jumped and robbed these people, you know what I mean? Like So, and I was like that's like Were you in Tucson or you'd move? I was in Tucson at the time, yeah. Okay, okay, I see. And I yeah. was like, this fool just threatened me publicly. Like, okay. So I, I went to Detroit for Hollow Wicked. And I was sitting in this hotel uh with some homies, and I said, <laughs> Man, since I'm in Detroit, because I was touring around Detroit, like I went to the Fago warehouse. You know, I went and saw a bunch of stuff. I'd never been to Detroit before. I went to uh Best I went to uh what's that place for hardcore pawn? You know, uh, American jewelries and loans or whatever. Oh right, right. Yeah, I went yeah. to I went to, I went there and bought a chain, you know. I was like, Oh cool. But uh but so well, I was talking and uh somebody said, Yeah, you should go tour the M N E building. And I said, I know, right? I should go ask Mono for my birthday present. And then I went, oh, God. this would make some amazing content, actually. So, so I went there. I didn't tell anybody I was... Well, no, I posted on, on Facebook that... Did you stream it live? I did. Oh, boy. That video is live. Is, is a, a live stream. So I just parked and got off and CPN goes to m and <laughs> Hey, what's up, y'all? We out here. <laughs> like, I don't right. care. Like, what's good, you know? So I'm walking around the building and stuff, and I find a ba- I find an entrance, and there, oh, there's a bathroom, and I just happen to have to pee. So I'm like, this is perfect. It's owned by State Farm, okay. And so like the big State Farm thing is in front, but then there's other businesses. It's one. It's like a plaza, and from okay. what I understand, their whole label is located inside the plaza. You have to actually go in and upstairs, and then they own the top part. And that's something that's been publicly put out by some of their people. So I'm not like. You know, putting out any secret information. But anyway, so I'm like, how do I get to the M&E part? So I'm walking in, you know, oh, there's a bathroom here. I walk out, and uh, there's two dudes walking up to me. Now, I could have ran. There was a way for me to run. And they're wearing, like, dudes wearing a twisted sweater. Other dudes wearing. And I'm like, okay, here we go. (laughs) 
Oh, wow. Because they recognize you. Oh, yeah. Guy's name is Dustin. He walked up. What the hell are you doing here? <laughs> like, And he slapped my phone out my hand. And uh, he was like, you better get out of here. You're dead. You know, and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll leave. And uh, I'm like, yeah, let me get my phone. He's like, no. He, like, picked up my phone. And I was like, okay, well, let me get my phone. He's like, no. I'm like, uh. Give me my phone. You know what I mean? Like he's Did like, you he know you were streaming? Probably, right? Yeah, they were watching, bro. They watch. Okay. Like they actually right. watch. And I'm pretty sure as soon as somebody saw it, people got phone calls like, yo, he's at your building right now. Right, okay. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so like and he's like, No, fuck your phone. And he starts trying to like grab me and I'm like squirming away from him and stuff. And I do yeah. this thing when I'm making okay, like people so people don't seem to understand this thing that I will make fun of somebody trying to aggress at me. You know what I mean? I'm six three. Um, I used right. to do backyard wrestling. I've had my head busted open by steel chairs. I can't tell you how many times. People coming and swinging on me is not an issue. Like the pain threshold, it's just it's funny to me a lot of the times. So anyway, he's like grabbing on me and I'm going, oh, what the fuck, man? What are you doing? But fam, you know, and I'm like screaming all this like, fam, stop it. No. (laughs) And I'm smiling the whole time I'm doing it. Right. And that just probably made him more mad. Yeah, So that made him more pissed off. (laughs) So the stream, the stream cuts. If you were watching live, the stream cut for like seven to eight minutes. And everybody was like, what just happened? Like people were like, did he die? Like what's happening? Like, and so, uh, so he's trying to grab on me and this, that, and the other, and I'm pulling away from him. And like, I'm like, dude, like what the hell's y'all's problem? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, seriously, give me my phone. And they're telling me like, leave, you better get out of here. And I'm like, give me my damn phone and I will leave. Okay. Hand me my phone and I'll bounce, bro. And he's like, no, I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm keeping your damn phone. I took it. So I went in on him to get my phone, and when I went to go try to snatch my phone from him, he decked me in the chin. And so, like... Oh, boy. And, like, it's one of those things, like, you know, like, I don't know if you've ever been swung on, but you could tell when someone, like, puts effort into it. So he's like, oh, boom, and he decks me in the chin, and I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, that's what we're doing. And then I touch my face. I don't feel anything. Like, I'm like, what? What? I'm like, bro, is that really how hard you hit? Is that seriously how hard you hit? Because if you're trying to fight me, you're going to have a problem, dog. And so me and him are just arguing. Like at this point, like we're in each other's faces just yelling. And I'm telling him, hit me again. I dare you. I dare you. And of course, he never hit me again. But we're arguing. I'm like, dude, give me my damn phone. And he wouldn't give me the phones. And so the other dude that was with him is like, you better leave. We're, we're calling the police. You know, you're trespassing this, that, and the other. And I said, oh, yeah? You, if you want to play the police game, fine. I'm going to walk to that gas station right there and call the police myself then. How about that? I'm going to tell them I'm gonna tell him I came walking up here. You came out, assaulted me, and stole my property. Let's see who wins that war. And so I go walking away, and he comes, like, running after me, and at this point, I think we're going to have to fight. We're going to have to actually fight. So I turn back around. Me and him start arguing again and again and again. And then he finally walks back and asks his other people about giving me my phone back. 
And so he's like, if you want your phone, come get it out of my hand, pussy. And so I walked over, snatched it out of his hand, and looked him dead in the eyes. I was like, bro, you hit like a straight-up bitch. And he was like, get out of here. And this was all streamed? The second well, part no, was that part wasn't streamed. Like, that's the part right, that okay. all goes off. Oh, the seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So I turned the phone back on and resumed the stream. And I'm like, all right, so uh, that just happened. <laughs> and, you know, and the whole time I'm smiling, right? So I go walking away. I'm yelling at him, bro, you hit like a bitch, blah, blah, blah. I get in the car. And as I'm pulling out, I'm rolling down the window. I just pissed in your building, fam. You know, and then <laughs> I get out of there. And I go to another parking lot, talk to people real quick, and then I... I stopped the stream um, a week or two later uh, or like within that week, the story became that I went to magic ninja and these dudes beat the dog shit out of me. And I'm mm. like, that is not what happened. So uh, Monoxide was going Instagram live talking about yeah, it. He, they had, Mono went on Instagram, said yeah. that Dustin came out, decked me. I fell to the ground and, and that he just on me and beat the shit out of me. And I was like, I, I know they hate my guts and they hate the fact that I'm on YouTube doing what I do. I literally told Monoxide, I said, I will make you a deal. You guys have security cameras all around that place. If you release the security video and, and the video shows me going off my feet and hitting the ground at any time, I will quit YouTube forever. Like forever. Oh. And of course, like, it didn't happen, you know? <laughs> it's like, it's bullshit, bro. It's just bullshit. It's like, but the, they, I think they wanted that win and their fans want that win. Like, the person who was talking about us, we finally got the retribution on him. Right. And, 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 and he came here and don't come to our office and yada, yada. Yeah. Because, I mean, do you really want to? Do you really want to be the guy who made threats to a dude multiple times, and then that dude literally shows up to your play, your employment by himself and walked away without a scratch on him? Like, do you want right. to be that guy? And right. do the fans want to be the fans of those guys? No, they don't. So they have to have this story, this elaborate, elaborate story. How is will they will Dark Lotus ever get back together? Like that's kind of what I'm wondering. How the how much of this is for show? How much of it is like real? I don't. Here's the thing. I don't. I'm not saying Dark Lotus will never get back together. I just don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. There's a lot of feelings there. You know, when uh, all the stuff of the personal stuff that's come out on both of their ends that they've released about like what these two entities have done to each other and i'm not saying any one of them's right or any one of them's wrong you know they both share probably in a lot of right and wrong and uh in, in the big picture of it all yeah but uh i know jay uh two gatherings ago said um that twisted has put them in a position where they can no longer work with them so don't expect them or Magic Ninja to be represented with them uh, next year, the year after, five years from now, just stop expecting it. It's not going to happen. Now, people yeah. change their minds, and I can right. see at some point in time, there's going to be some sit-downs, and some men are going to converse, and everyone's going to come to an understanding. Because what's happening right now, and this is for both ICP and Twisted, this is Psychopathic and Magic Ninja, 
neither one of these camps are making close to the amount of money that they would be making if mm. they were all together and, and all doing the thing. Because this whole this whole community was based on like this whole aspect and concept of family and homies and this that and the other. And both both camps have like not drawn as much anymore. People aren't buying the merchant. It's almost like the facade, like the 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 uh the all the curtains came down and everyone saw all the strings and everything and it just doesn't yeah. look as cool anymore. You know, anything's possible and I feel that at some point they will come back together. I, I know you've talked about this ad nauseum, but I know some of the listeners might not know the details. Right, right, right. So the funny thing is the the Otis and Samantha thing is something I kind of steered clear of for the most part until they until they themselves said something. You know what I mean? Because we knew about it, but it wasn't talked about. And then ICP put out statements about it. Okay, we could talk about that now because they talked about it. You know, same thing with uh, Otis put out a statement. Okay, well I'm gonna talk about Otis's statement that is connected to the situation. So, but mm. basically, um. Otis, uh, Young Wicked, was a, a member of Psychopathic Records. He's a rapper signed to Psychopathic Records. Younger dude, you know. And, you know, as far as I, you know, the way he looks and all that, I'm pretty sure a lot of ladies think he's cute and he's hot and stuff. He has that amazing hair. And, you know, he has, but he's edgy. And, but, you know, like, he, he's. And a very good producer, right? Like, musically. Yeah. He's got skills, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's he's pony boy from the outsiders in a sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, and all dreamy and stuff to the ladies. But then he's a music producer and he raps and he sings. Holly. You know what I mean? So while he was signed there, he started sneaking around with Violent J's niece. Were they so? Were they Hatchet House was like the subsidiary of Psychopathic, Correct. right? Or were they were they were they signed to Psychopathic after that deal? No. So when they originally got signed, they were signed to Psychopathic. They put out an album called Blood and Blood Out. Great I, album, and it came out on Psychopathic Records when yeah. Hatchet House was established. They were moved over to Hatchet House. Now, some people think, "Oh, that was a downgrade." I think it was more like, "Well, A and B did well enough on Psychopathic, so if we put them on Hatchet House, that'll help build up the Hatchet House brand." Okay, you know, I think that's pretty much what they did there. Uh, I don't understand the whole concept of uh, sub labels connected to other labels because I'm like, right. why not just put it out then? You know, like what's, oh, you can't have this picture on your CD. You can have this picture on your CD. Maybe it's a legal thing. You know, maybe it's like, well, they can play around with stuff on Hatchet House. And if anyone gets mad and sues, you can't sue Psychopathic, but you can sue Hatchet House. Right. Or or like a tax thing, right? Like like a way to have deductions and a way to funnel money around. That, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there is that too. I'm just saying other than those reasons, you know, other right. than legal loopholes, what's the point, you know? But um, yeah, so they had some stuff come out on Hatchet House and then, but he was very involved with like the missing link, Lost and Found. Very oh, really? Involved. Oh yeah. Like he's on a lot of the hooks, like that song Explosions. He does the hook for that. You know, um, he's just, he's all over that record doing harmonies and singing and hooks and stuff. You know what song I like is, th is that song Found. That's great. Yeah. Song. Did he yeah. work on that? Yeah. 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 That's he, such he a good was, song. He yeah. was very involved in those two uh, albums. And then uh, I think he started getting even bigger because uh, he put out 
Have you seen that music video of his, a YWG? And so I was like, yo, this shit is dope. Well, anyway, while all that's going on behind the scenes, he was sneaking around with Violent J's niece, which is mm-hmm. Jump Steady's daughter. And I want to say she's like 19 or 20 at the time. Um, I remember she raps on, uh, what is it? Uh, the third forgotten freshness. The, yep. We're family. We're Fam, family. Yep. The hidden track. Yeah, and, and that's and, crazy that she grew up. Yeah, and she also does a song with Jumpsteady on uh, Fine on, Guillotine on uh, and on uh, on uh, the Chaos Theory. Oh, for real? She's on that. Yeah, it's a secret song at the end. Like you have to have the. It's a secret song. It's called Samsung. Um, you know, Jumpste- Just as a side, Jumpsteady's such a real nice loyal great guy so i would just want to give him a shout out yeah no shade to them at all you know i, I love jump steady to death every time i see him me and him talk about the witcher all the time because i'm a huge fan of the witcher and so is he you know he's but, just such a good guy man and and he put me on with the gathering and that show where i met you and like he's just always been cool so yeah yeah so yeah so otis young wicked is sneaking around with jump steady's daughter now of course it takes two and blah 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 but you should also know like, if you have to sneak around with somebody, it's probably not a good idea because they're probably not going to like it. Right. And so when that all got found out, of course, there was issues. And apparently, according to Jay, they were still going to allow him to release music on the label, mm-hmm. but they fired him as a producer. He's not going to be producing anymore. And then Young Wicked just left the label. And then as soon as 2017 start, Twisted came out. We just signed Young Wicked. And it's it's funny yeah. because they'll argue that wasn't a shot at Jay. I'm like, yes, it was. Well, and then and then Boondocks and Blaze and like a lot of the artists that they ICP had invested in and built up, right? And that was, I don't know, like felt kind of like profiting off a brand. And also I remember seeing like them in New York and they played first day out and seeing them at Warp Tour with merch that said whoop whoop. And I'm like, bro, like this is a brand that you guys have curated together. So the only thing I really lost respect for Twisted for was their decision to not play the Juggalo March, to not be involved in it, to uh to just not oh, do yeah. anything. You know, it's like you spent the last 20 years of your career telling us, the fans, that you're here for us always. Literally always, and that you know we're family and and blah 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 and all this other stuff, and the like the one fight that we're all trying to be in together, you know the one fight that's actually important to us, that's important for us. You yeah. just turned your back and walked away from that. That's like, like to me that was a slap in the face, and that was just a back turn. To me that was no different than if I'm walking down the street. And like five dudes come out and start jumping me and my boys stand on the side of the street and just watch it happen. You know what I mean? And don't do anything. To me, that was the same thing that they did to us. So mm-hmm. um, so that's did where... They, was it personal or they just felt like it was not going to be an effective protest or um, why? So I feel they, they were mad that they weren't getting paid because it was a free event. Okay, and they had the concert. Yeah, and they had the concert and stuff, and they were just ba- ICP was basically like, "Look, we're not paying anybody to perform. We're not even getting paid to perform. We're actually paying to be able to Correct. put on this yeah. protest. You know what I mean? Like, we're not going to pay anybody. You know, um, but if you got as much love as you say you do, 
You know, it should be nothing for you to take a day out of your busy schedule where you have over a year worth in advance to right. to make a plan to just come up here, you know, speak, march with us, get on a microphone, spit some rhymes for 20 minutes, get, you know, and just like, can you not be a celebrity? I'll tell you this, too, when it comes to juggalo artists, and this is just something I got to say, when it comes to scheduling this gathering in the Matrix, um, it was easier working with Gorilla Zoe, uh, who's, mm. who's a mainstream artist, right? than it was like a lot of people who are like, we got nothing but juggalo love. There's so many of those like, yo, it's like a nightmare working with you people. Like, what are you doing? It's like everybody's just scrounging for their little piece of everything. And it's like, bro, like, come on. Like, we're all like quarantined in our house. We're all stuck in our house. Like, and everyone wants to, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? And so, but when when it comes to the march, that was the issue I had with Twisted. As far as anyone, anything else goes. Now, when it came to them signing Young Wicked, when it came to all the other, the sneak disses and everything, I'm not saying they shouldn't have done that. I'm not saying I'm even mad that they've done that. I'm saying don't do that and then get on a, a thing a week later and be like, listen, we're not trying to have beef and we're not trying to do this and we just want to go our own separate way. We don't want to be doing all this beef stuff and we're not trying to fire shots at Jay and all this. And then there's some videos that that some kid got recorded where he met them and they were talking hell of shit about Jay. Did and they know they're being recorded? They did not. Not at the right. time. If someone had, had, had put me on like that, I would be down to ride for them to, till the end. I, but I don't know all the details, so I can't put words in their mouths, but I don't know. That's what felt weird to me too. Loyalty. Because I remember seeing Minoxide do an Instagram post talking about, the underground superstars unlimited or whatever, that that would have ended just as big without ICP. What was the name of their group? Underground. Oh superstars. yeah. I, f- I forgot what he said. Yeah. But yeah. And he said that he would have been just as big and, and even, uh, I think he said, I would have been just as big or bigger. And that was like, subjectively speaking, I wouldn't have heard of them because they, because it all came from forgotten freshness and, and the uh, 85 bucks an hour. Right. That was like my introduction to them. But I'm not trying to take sides or criticize. I'm just trying to analyze. I know you know more than I do, and I'm just hoping there's a redemption and like that there's going to be a peace between the two camps. You know what I'm saying? Because there should be. It's all love, really. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, I mean on my end, like um, me personally, because people ask me all the time, when they get back together, what are you going to do if you go to a gathering and Twisted has a set? And on my end, I'm like, I'm going to chill at my camp and drink. I'm not going to go to their set. But that's only because I have more personal issues with them now that has stemmed from my YouTube channel. But I do, in fact, have more personal issues with these people now. And it's multiple incidences, you know. <laughs> and um, What was the thing at, at Dark Carnival Games? I remember the show got moved because something happened in the lobby of the hotel. I don't know if we can talk about it or if this is merely speculation, but some friends of theirs flashing some sort of metallic objects in the lobby. Yeah, so you know some, yeah, some, some, friend, some friends of theirs rolled up the night before. There were people out there with their kids and stuff. 
They basically start throwing rocks at people. People are grabbing their kids. Kids almost got like hit with rocks. They jumped one kid on the side of the on the side of the building, busted his face open with a skateboard. And yes, there was some metallic objects being flashed. And then the next day, there was issues with people of that group like going into DCG Con and starting fights with people and flashing some things. So the whole thing got like the the hotel stopped the convention part and then the show got moved over to the Roxy in uh, Denver. Which actually was, I think, a cool venue. And I was like, I was so grateful because still got to play. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. That was cool. I unfortunately missed your set because by the time the people I was riding with, by the time we got there, when we got in, Max Sabbath was on. Yo, man. And I was they put me on second. I was after um, Suicide. Yeah. You know, that, that dude. Yeah, so it was okay. But you caught us at the gathering, and I gave you the shout-out during the freestyle. Yeah, yeah. That late-night set. How many gatherings have you been to? Uh, nine. This year was supposed to be my 10th. What was one of your favorite stories of all those years at the gathering? So I'd say, like, so I'm a big wrestling mark, right? And so in uh, 2011... I was at uh, Violent J's barbecue bash uh, that he had every year. And that year, he had basically a Michael Jackson impersonator versus a Prince impersonator do- basically battling. You know what I mean? Like, who's the doper of the two? The year before, they had a Michael Jackson, they had a Michael Jackson, uh, a white Michael Jackson <laughs> versus black Michael Jackson impersonators. And then whoever won between that went on to next year's, and it was Michael Jackson versus Prince. The white one won the uh, in 2010, and then so going into 2011, it was white Michael Jackson versus Prince. So anyway, so we're watching that, and then I turn around, and I see X-Pac chilling right there. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's X-Pac. So I walk over. I have my sunglasses on, a beer. I'm like, yo, what's up, X-Pac? I just start having this conversation. And then I hear, hey. Hey, and I turn around and it's Scott Hall and he's like, hey, excuse me, because I'm standing right in the way of getting in his golf cart. So I move Uh out the way and he comes walking by and he almost kind of stumbles and like kind of holds himself up on my shoulder. And I'm like, oh, this is the coolest fucking thing ever. (laughs) And then the Michael Jackson and Prince impersonators come out. And they're talking, and I'm talking to them and stuff, and we're just, I'm like, okay, wait, so I'm sitting here with looks like Prince, looks like Michael Jackson, <laughs> an actual X-Pac, an actual Scott Hall, and I'm buzzed the shit right now. This is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> That's what's up. That's like the, all the extra social stuff beyond just the concerts, right? Like just the wildness of yeah. the, the amalgam of events. And uh, yeah, man, it was cool how when they postponed it, they got a lot of good press for being... Uh, making a smart move. They were one of the first people to like say, we can't do this with the COVID. And that was cool to see them get love for that. Right. Know, put it, put it back. What the YouTube channel. So if you go on YouTube and write child's play ninja, but what is it? CP ninja. Is that the username? No, no, it'll channel? actually still be child's play ninja. The C, okay, the cool. P and the N in child's play ninja are all capitalized. But uh, even if you type it in not that way, just Child's Play Ninja, you'll find me and you'll find my cartoon picture with the cigarette in my mouth and the middle fingers in the air, you know, and uh, yeah. Well, give my man a follow because he has a great channel and he's got a lot of heart and passion. And he's uh, he's been really supportive and kind to me during my years 
finding my place within the community. So I appreciate that, man. You've always been nice and I appreciate your time, dude. This has been a good conversation. Well, I mean, you do you do nerd stuff, so I'm obviously intrigued. So I'm a huge gamer, so and I, I'm a nerd. So well, let's end with a song. I like to end with a song. Do you have like a favorite Juggalo track? Um, ICP, are you wicked? Good call. This is ICP, are you wicked?
Great recommendation. Thank you, CPN. That was from ICP's Pendulum Number 10 comic book that came with the CD and also was on the Pendulum compilation that came out with the Pendulum Tome. If you want to hear us talk about this book and this song, check us out on Hatchet Chat. You can subscribe on YouTube. Just type MC Lars. Click subscribe. This Wednesday, we're talking to Rude Boy about Misery's debut EP. Next episode in two weeks, we will be back on January 4th with Scott Shoulder, who is a uh, music industry lawyer, and we talk about copyright law. So I know you're probably thinking like, oh, copyright law, proprietary you know, ownership of intellectual property, Lars. Oh, that sounds boring. It's actually really tight. We talk about like the legalities of parodies and sampling, and it's we get into the nitty-gritty. Scott's a cool dude who I met through my friend DJ Rostar. So January 4th, we'll be back with episode 115. Until then, happy holidays, happy new year. Thank you all for the support. Again, this Saturday is the Four-Eyed Horseman Boxing Day show, and then Wednesday is New Year's Eve Eve show for the Patreon Larsons. And finally, on New Year's Eve, I'm playing... First Night Monterey remotely, uh, which is a festival in Monterey. I played it last year in person, but this year, nope, not happening. So check that out. Thank you all for your support and happy holidays. Peace. Oh, and thanks to Child's Play Ninja for being on the show.